1: That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share
0: HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Head over to HomeThreads.com
1: slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for dinner and I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks,
0: you deserve a home that feeds your style. HomeThreads, love where you live. That's HomeThreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order.
2: I think kids using ketchup is actually the first chance they have to really like tailor their food, you know, just the way they want it, right? They get it's it's I think empowering for kids to be able to put ketchup on on what they want and like change the flavor, right? It's like I want this to taste more like that. Welcome to didn't I just feed you a podcast about feeding us kids?
1: Hi, I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Welcome to this week's episode of Didn't I Just Feed
0: You?
1: My mouth trumpet. Hey, a quick reminder that wherever you're listening, you should subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it. You're in all uh, business mode today. I am in business mode today, only because we have a really great interview with two guests for the first time ever. And I'm like, so excited for people to listen to it. This is a like, listener request episode something we've been thinking about for a little while and then someone in the listeners group was like hey you mentioned that sauces are the secret to better weeknight meals tell us more about that so here we are so we're talking hey, about sauces it's we're gonna be a it. saucy episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey lucy no lucy's not the name you use L- lindy Lin- linda listen linda listen linda listen linda <sighs> Watch out for your Listen Linda t-shirts coming to you soon from Didn't I Just Feed You. um,
1: Great. You're the greatest saleswoman I know, (laughs) Stacey. All right. Sauces. Sauces. I want to ask you before we dive in, do you have any I love it's this week? Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I don't. Do you? Pressure. Yeah. I was thinking about this product that I just ordered that I wanted to share, the essential calendar. Have you seen this? No. This uh, this product was introduced to me through Instagram. The woman who owns the company whose name I'm totally blanking on followed us at Didn't I Just Feed You. And so I ordered one of her calendars. It's like instead of um like a wall calendar that's one month, it's three months at a time. So the one I ordered is like the holiday season calendar. So instead of looking at like October, November, December as three separate calendars, it's like one long one. you can time block your time.
0: That's really smart. And also we are the queens of calling everything a season. Yes, And (laughs) it's actually because that is how we think. Yes. So it's so smart to have a calendar that looks at your entire season. Also,
1: I feel like I'm showing some sort of nerdy colors that like in previous episodes I've talked about my new paper planner. And now I'm like, you guys, I'm excited about a calendar. Yeah. We want (laughs) we want
0: a food. I love it next time. But I I, know I I really have no leg to stand on since I don't have one. Oh I guess I have one. Okay. Give it to us. So you talked recently on an episode that you've been going to your cookbooks more. And I had kind of started doing that because I was editing cookbooks. I have to get these shelves fixed in my house. And so Mm -hmm. I was pulling cookbooks off. And as I did that, I was kind of editing and using them more for meal planning, books that I haven't looked at in a while. And then you said that on the podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah let me do, let me take my own advice when I tell other people, which is that if you're just getting in the habit of meal planning, pick like one or two cookbooks. Just get like one source. Don't use the internet, like the entire internet, because you'll- That's overwhelming. Oh my gosh, right? Yes. So I pulled a couple of cookbooks. I was doing that for a couple of weeks, but then I realized that I'm always meal planning at my computer. And I finally gave in And just paid for a New York Times subscription to their food channel, you know, their paid food channel. Because you can only get a certain number of recipes for free every month. Right. And for the last two weeks, I've been meal planning straight from New York Times recipes. And a couple have been like, meh, I don't think that's worth it. But there have been some really great ones. So right now I'm happy. I don't think I'm going to pay in the long term because the New York Times is not where I'm getting my news right now. Yeah. Um, I'm really loving the Washington Post for news. And also they have a great new, a great new travel newsletter. And I know they have a good food section too. But anyway, thinking about a single source online where you can meal plan, but you go and you get all your recipes there so that it's just real quick. Just like pick five things, one source, don't look around. I kind of returned to that this last couple of weeks.
1: I love it, Stacey. I love it. It reminds me that Kitchen is doing this cool thing now called the Kitchen Cookbook Club, where we're cooking from one cookbook for a month. I mean, we're not all cooking from it, but like you can join, there's a Facebook group and you can, um, like discuss the recipes with people there. And so I, we did salt, acid, fat, heat in September and October's is Indianish, which I just ordered from the li- like put on hold at the library and I'm excited to cook from, I think that's like a really smart strategy too, is especially when you're kind of like in a cooking rut is to rent books from the library and then cook through them, like cook three or four recipes from it before you decide to
0: buy it. I agree. Although I bought Indian-ish without... <laughs> let That's her, okay. That's but I okay. bought it a while back and I actually haven't cooked for me yet. So I'm really excited to follow along on kitchen.com. That's super exciting. I did. I saw all the recipes from salt, fat, acid, heat, right? Is that Did I yeah. say it right? Yeah. But I'm excited to hear that Indian-ish is up next.
1: Oh, this conversation makes me feel like we need another cookbook episode. You know, we had Brian Stewart from... Salt and Spine podcast on last year to tell us about his favorite cookbooks from the end of 2018. I know we're going to have him come back and tell us his 2019 picks, but yes. I'd be super curious to know like what cookbooks you go to over and over again. I'm also in a season where I need to edit my cookbook shelves because i run out of room. They're just like stacked on the floor now in my office.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Do you do something fun? Like do you color code them when you no. like, arra- do I you ha- artfully arrange them? I think i them previously like no, it's they're in my
1: office basement, basement office, so no one sees them. It's just like a giant shelf. They're stacked on tops. I try very hard to like organize them by subject. So if I'm looking for something baking related, all the baking things are together. But that doesn't always work. It's not a classic bookshelf. It's actually like a credenza and sometimes I have to stack things weirdly to get them to fit. I hear you. That sounds creative and pretty. I'll take a picture so you can see how not pretty it (laughs) is. put it on Instagram? Sure. But I'll also share, like, it could be pretty. Yeah. It could be. But my office is, like, a room in in the house that we haven't touched. Like, we just threw furniture down here, and I work here. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, nope, not doing anything. It's barely ever clean, which is a terrible thing to admit.
0: No, it's not. Come on. Isn't all the, like, advice about working
1: from home, like, a clean
0: desk is a... Marker of a clean mind. That's unrealistic. Let's be honest. (laughs) I mean, come on. I have to say, though, I think that the way you organize everything, but we're talking about cookbooks right now, really impacts how you use them. Yes. So I, when we renovated, organized my cookbooks artfully by color. Mm. And every time I walk into my little, like, lounge slash workspace, I feel so happy. Sparks joy. Sparks joy. But I have noticed that I use certain cookbooks less because they're out of reach or I'm like, I'm only going to look on this shelf for something like baking. And I'm not like all the baking books aren't together, like you said. So what I've been doing is making a point because I am committed to the joy that I get out of the aesthetics. I will take 10 minutes once a month and just kind of look through everything, pull a couple of books and then bring those to the kitchen. So then all the other ones are just for aesthetics, but then I have a capsule collection, if you will, in my kitchen that I rotate every month. Genius. And that again goes back to this idea of, Curating your meal plan and your recipes from a very small like group of resources, and not like trying to scan all your cookbooks for five nights of dinners or whatever.
1: This is kind of the concept we were talking about in the "What to Make Now" like with a seasonal pantry update. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. genius! Someone should give you a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I took one. (laughs) I took you and the mic. Really feeling ourselves. (laughs) this week, apparently. (laughs) Here for it. Here for it. Hey, I think we should do something a tiny bit different. I think we should introduce both of our guests today, take our ad break and hear from our friends at Bonza, and then we'll start the interview.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: Elizabeth Bailey is one of our guests today. She's a gardener, food security advocate, local food enthusiast, and cookbook author, and she's based in Nova Scotia. Her newest cookbook, The Make Ahead Sauce Solution, Elevate Your Everyday Meals with 61 freezer-friendly sauces.
0: And both Stacey and I have this book, and we've both cooked from it, and we both love it. It's so smart. It's not just chock full of great recipes, but also information on how to make them ahead and freeze them so that you are always armed and ready. We also have somebody that I'm very excited about. Do you guys recognize the name Maya Kaimal? If you do, it's probably because you've either seen or maybe even tasted her sauces. She's a cookbook author, but she's also the founder of Maya Kaimal Foods. And they make those delicious, all-natural Indian simmer sauces that I have been obsessed with for years. I wrote about them on my original blog. I'm sure that we've mentioned them on the show before. Maya was raised in Boston by a South Indian father and a mother who was from New England. So she grew up in this multicultural home that was filled with delicious and diverse foods. And her father's Indian cooking combined with trips to her family back in India are what really piqued her interest in that cuisine from a very young age. She wrote these two Indian cookbooks, one of which won the Julia Child Best First Book Award. Yay! Um, And now she is making these delicious sauces and growing this food brand that we hope you guys will look out for before we hear from elizabeth and maya let's take a quick ad break okay you guys you've heard me carry on about how much i love bonza chickpea pasta in several episodes this season which is why i couldn't be more excited to let you know that they have recently become a sponsor Honestly, we're so lucky that the coolest
1: brands, ones that we love, trust, and spend our own money on, end up supporting Didn't I Just Feed You and our community.
0: Especially when their product is such an incredible lifesaver. Bonza Chickpea Pasta works, tastes, and feels just like regular pasta, which is the kid win, but it has nearly double the protein, three times the fiber, and 30% fewer net carbs, which if you ask me, is the mom win. And don't forget, it's also gluten-free, vegan, and non-GMO. With spaghetti and tons of pasta shapes, including their new alphabets, Bonta has pasta and even rice that works for nearly everything and everybody, including me and my, you know, little low-carb diet I got going on. Pasta is back. And you know pasta never
1: went away in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm loving all that extra protein,
0: especially in the mac and cheese. For more information about Bonza Chickpea Pasta, visit eatbonza.com backslash didn't I just feed you, where you'll also find our personal favorite Bonza pasta shapes. Plus, there's an exclusive
1: coupon code for didn't I just feed you listeners off your next Bonza order.
0: So without further ado, let's hear from these two sauce masters. I'm so excited about this because I feel like we have two sauce masters on the line today, which is exciting because if you ask me, sauces are a way underrated cook's tool. In that it's not just about flavor. They can actually help you be faster in the kitchen. They can, if you master just a handful of sauces, they can make you seem like you're a better cook than you might think you actually are. Um, So I don't know, I guess, like Elizabeth, you wrote this whole book, The Make-Ahead Sauce Solution. Um, Do you agree with me?
3: Oh, I really do. I do. Um, You know, I... Make some of these sauces, and some of the ones that I have are dead simple. Uh, but people think, you know, if you serve something with a sauce on it, it's fancy. So it's it's totally good for kitchen grub. Yes, I love that. I like pretending I'm fancy.
0: <laughs> Maya, what do you think? I'm assuming you agree, since you've made an entire business out of making delicious sauces that cut down on weeknight cooking time.
2: But like, you know, elaborate on that. Like, wh- why do you think this is such an important tool? Well, there's a funny little story I'll tell. So my mother is American and my father is Indian. And when they first met, um, my mother wanted to cook for him. And um, he's not vegetarian or anything, He he eats everything. But she made a pork chop and a salad and my dad, You know, very politely ate it, but he he said gently, well, you know, in India, we like our meat with sauce on it. (laughs) And so from then on, my mother never served him like a plain piece of meat again. So I think sauce is just essential. I completely agree with my father. I like a lot of flavor. And so I I believe that everything, um, not everything needs a sauce, but that you enhance sort of the the natural qualities of what you're eating when you can when you can add layers of flavor on top of it
1: i kind of want to disagree and say that everything can be made better with a sauce (laughs) like i can't think of anything that isn't improved by a sauce yeah you can argue that i get i get that i think
0: that's
1: (laughs) an okay stance to take
0: Um, well let's talk about that like what can sauces can go on pasta red meat white meat tofu seafood vegetables. I mean, doesn't that cover Does that yeah. cover everything? I mean, even desserts you can oh, do sauces on. Yeah. Right? You're bringing up dessert. <laughs> I always that. Yes, will, I guess forever. that's true. I should know that. Why did I act surprised? <laughs> <laughs> well, then that actually begs the question, do you ladies feel like there are some great all-purpose sauces or do we need to have different considerations when we're thinking about what we're going to make? So if I'm going to make like one or two quick sauces on Sunday can I make whatever or should I think about like well we're gonna have chicken one night, we're gonna have pasta another night?
3: Well, I think it depends on the sauces, right but in uh, in my book I talk about sauces that can work with just about any base, right So I have sauces that you can put on beef, chicken, shrimp, uh, baked potato, pasta, really anything you have on hand and then you can pop pop it out of the freezer and heat it up and put it on just whatever you have.
0: So what's the difference between what makes an all-purpose sauce versus a more specific
3: sauce? Well, I would say the flavor profile, right? Because I have some like, um, like an all-purpose vegetable sauce, which is great for picky eaters because you can puree the vegetables and they just sort of blend right in. Uh, and it's got a wide nutritional profile and it goes with anything, But then there are other sauces, like a a spicy Asian sauce. You wouldn't put that on a baked potato. So
2: it really depends. What do you think, Maya? I mean, sauces obviously can be... um you know, you can make something saucy. Indians love their food saucy, right? They, you know, like things that are sort of swimming in in lots of yumminess. But um, what I find is kind of a nice trick too is to take a very flavorful sauce, um, can be Indian, it could be, you know, it could be anything really, but I think particularly like Asian sauces are nice for this and freeze it in ice cube trays and then once it's frozen, sort of pop it out, keep it in a Ziploc bag in your, in your freezer. And then just add it. Add like a cube of that to say your sauteed spinach, right? Or like a vegetable where you just, you want some flavor, but maybe you don't want it super saucy because you have something else that's super saucy on your plate. So it, it's a way of just like that hit of kind of nice flavor and juiciness. Um, So, you know, that's just another way to use a sauce that distinction of
1: a a difference between something being saucy and something being dressed with a sauce. Because I think of vinaigrettes as a sauce that people don't think of as a sauce. So what are some like other like like very specific examples of things that you feel like you can make as a sauce and make something saucy and then also use as sort of a dressing?
3: Well, you know, you can do that with, my favorite one is just uh, soy sauce with wasabi mixed in. And that's something you traditionally put on sushi, but I use that for all kinds of things. And uh, something else that makes a great sauce, and it's so simple, people don't think of it as a sauce, but um, a warm egg yolk, right? Like if if you cook an egg and do it, you know, over easy so that the yolk is still soft and break it onto bread or meat or whatever you want, that's a sauce. add a little pepper and it's a good flavor for anything or you could mix that into a vegetable or a stew and it thickens it a little bit and adds flavor you don't necessarily even know it's there
0: that's so smart and i guess what i'm what you just made me think of is really like breaking down a sauce to the most elemental tastes you know like soy sauce and wasabi is like a hit of salt and heat You know, the egg yolk has a little bit, I don't know that I'd call it umami, but it's got that like richness to it. And it has like a really great texture. Um, So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to think from like the most basic to Maya, your sauces, I don't know that, would you consider them complex? I think they have a complex flavor profile because you're combining lots of different spices, but ultimately they feel pretty simple. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
2: Hmm. I mean, I think there's a range. Some are have more kind of, of a ground spice component, so they like have a you know a bolder quality to them. You know, there's a wide range of ways that Indians make sauces, but most of them include some fried onions, some garlic ginger, Green chili and ground spices, and uh, but within that, there's a range of intensities. So, um, but I mean, ideally, Indian food has layered flavors because of the way you cook it, because of the, the different steps involved, and at each step, you're you're developing the flavor of that set of in- ingredients, and then you're adding more and developing those flavors. So. It should have a nice full complexity to it, although it doesn't have to be hot. It doesn't have to be challenging, but it should it should be interesting. So that's interesting because I feel like you two come at it
0: from really different sides. And Maya, the sauces that you ended up making a part of your brand and selling to customers, were those sauces that you feel like take a long time to make? And so it made sense to help home cook shortcut then?
2: For sure. I mean, and the thing about Indian food is it isn't actually complicated in terms of techniques, but you have to do your assembling. First of all, you have to make sure you have all the ingredients on hand that you need, because there's probably about 15 of them at least. And you have to, it really helps to have everything measured out, you know, do your, your mise en place, right? Which means, you know, put in place. So you, you know, you have all your ingredients measured and out and ready to go. So that's just kind of a hassle i think is really the thing that, that's challenging about making indian food is the that time factor of getting everything together and everything chopped and everything ground and measured and all of that so and then staging how how you're adding those things so so yeah i mean to have all that done for you i i felt you know do that for people could be a massive shortcut. So, you know, you could still get to enjoy Indian food and but don't don't have to associate it with like a a half day project. Yeah.
0: Totally. (laughs) And then on the other end, Elizabeth, I feel like you're the master of these really simple sauces that people can throw together either make ahead or at the last minute to really enhance their dinners.
3: Yeah. Well I have a lot of very simple sauces and I have some sort of you know in the book there are some flavored butters and even flavored salts that you can just always used to add a little pop of flavor, but some of my sauces are complex. uh, And that's why I recommend making them on the weekend or whenever it is you happen to have time to just relax and and get into the cooking process and then freeze them. So when you come home from work and you've got half an hour to get dinner on the table before somebody's got to be at the soccer practice, uh, then you can just pop some out and put it on pasta or something simple like that, right? So you mentioned making ahead and
0: freezing. This is a huge piece of it. I do think that when people haven't made a sauce before, I mean, even a simple pan sauce, like if you don't know how that works, you know, that you take your protein out of the pan and then you splash something in there, whether it be wine or broth or water to scrape up the bits and, you know, you add the butter and you add some flavor, it can be intimidating. So Elizabeth, one of the things I love about your book is that, it's all about making sauces ahead and Maya, obviously your product, it makes things really easy because it's made ahead for you. But do you guys, can you talk to us a little bit about tips for storing and then what goes in the fridge, what's best in the freezer, what shouldn't go in the freezer, how long sauces last so that people can experiment a little bit, but you know, when they have some time and it doesn't feel so stressful, which is the reality, you know, at six o'clock on a Wednesday?
3: Oh, sure. So, well, all of the sauces in my book are designed to be frozen, right? So any one of them you can make and uh, you can make in a big batch and freeze ahead in meal size portions, or you can freeze individual portions. So you've always got something on hand. Uh, But I do warn readers that when you freeze something with dairy in it, usually the texture changes a little. A lot of people say not to freeze milk products or to freeze cheeses, and I've found you can. You can if you want. The texture will change, but it won't go bad. I always recommend freezing something in a container that's had as much air removed as possible because that really affects how long the sauce will stay good. But really, most sauces, if you put it in a freezer and it's really well frozen, it's good for a long time, like six months. I probably shouldn't admit this on air, but I have things in my chest freezer that I've pulled out of the bottom and they say, you know, 2015 on the label. And I'm like, well, let's heat it up and see how it is. And (laughs) it's on record. I'm I'm still here. It's worked out okay so far.
1: I've done that. So don't feel ashamed to admit it. I think I've even admitted (laughs) that in our freezer
3: episode. It's good good. for everyone in the freezer, right? (laughs) But usually I recommend six months at the outside just to be on the safe side.
2: Yeah, I've found that uh, coconut milk is one of those things that changes quite a bit. Like, you know, to, to your point, Elizabeth, about the dairy, it, it tends to look a little different. It separates a tiny bit, but, you know, the flavor is still good. So, you know, you get a little little flavor shift maybe, you know, like some of the nuances don't really survive after, you know, a couple of months in the freezer. But it, it's a great way to keep your Indian food at the ready.
1: I want to ask sort of a challenging question and Maya, I'll have you go first and you can 100% shout out your, your sauces. Um, but I want to make you each pick like your top three sauces. If you could only have three sauces for the rest of your life,
0: that's oh like, no. Like that's almost Ooh. mean, Megan.
1: <laughs> no warning for this one. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm I think kidding, but in the world like, there are so many sauces, right? In the world of sauces for a home cook, like it it's like where do I start? What do I choose? What are the like most versatile sauces if I can only pick 3 to learn or I'm only have so much money in my budget to buy like one shelf stable sauce to try? what what's going to be versatile for my kitchen i think considering that you're both sauce experts knowing what your three go-tos are you could you could get to five if you really can't choose (laughs) would actually be really helpful for parents who are like intimidated by sauces and don't know where to start Mm.
2: for me i would say a a korma sauce is a, like a great go-to Indian sauce. It's really, you know, mild and creamy. Everybody can eat it. It's it's flavorful, but it's not overwhelming, and it's great with chicken. And it's great with vegetables. It's pretty much great with everything. So korma Ma- and is Maya, can one. you
0: quickly just tell us, in case anyone's not familiar with Indian food, like the the foundational flavors of korma?
2: Sure. Yeah. So, korma it has um, it has a base of you know onion, garlic, and ginger. Um, unlike other Indian curries, it really does not um, use much in the way of hot chilies. So its spices include cumin and coriander and turmeric, a little bit of cayenne. It has a nice note of cardamom, which is that kind of very warm woody spice. And that's a distinctive flavor in a korma. So, but it would also have some cinnamon and some clove in it as well. And then usually it would have a dairy component or, and or coconut milk as well. So it's, it's, it's creamy, maybe a little bit of tomato too. So mostly just really creamy and those warm sweet spices. So that's a korma. Other, because I, I eat a lot of things, not just Indian, but I would say uh, chimichurri is actually one of my favorite sauces. I've just been going on a the chimichurri yes. kick this summer, and um, <laughs> I'm so into it. <laughs> so just I'm that, with like, you that. on that. My kids oh, love it too. Yeah, it's so good. It's so simple, and and it has all you know the components that you want. Is get that vinegar tang and that garlic and. Parsley and oh, so I'm super into chimichurri. Does pesto count as a sauce? It's kind of thick, but <laughs> I think of it as a it's certainly a go to sauce in my family. We can all agree on that one.
3: Elizabeth, do you think pesto counts? Pesto is absolutely a sauce. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> right. It wasn't a trick, it was
0: I wanted some, I, we wanted affirmations. <laughs>
1: Maya, you didn't seem to have any trouble narrowing it down to three. I would also shout out your spicy ketchup as, like, one of our go-to sauce in our house. Because it's, like, a nice entry point for my kids who, like, ketchup is their... Is their favorite
2: song? No, I I love hearing that. Yeah, and you know, I think ketchup gets kind of a bad reputation. I think kids using ketchup is actually the first chance they have to really like tailor their food, you know, just the way they want it, right? They get it's it's I think empowering for kids to be able to put ketchup on on what they want and like change the flavor, right? It's like I want this to taste more like that and so i love i love ketchup and And i think people forget that like it ketchup is sort of complex it's not
1: just like sugar in a bottle it takes a lot of ingredients and some time to make it so i'm I'm glad you agree because i'm (laughs) using it that way for my my seven-year-old no
2: that's great i love that they're using my ketchup that's awesome it's sort of yeah a gateway to indian flavors too yes all
1: right elizabeth the pressure's on you have to pick your three when you have a whole book of hundreds of sauces. (laughs) Uh, I am all
3: ready, but thank you for making Maya go first. (laughs) (laughs) So the three I would pick are, um, first, I have a pumpkin coconut cream sauce, which might sound a little unusual, but it's sort of a Caribbean take on a pumpkin sauce with, oh, it's got a little bit of heat, a little bit of garlic. And what I really love about it is that it goes with Anything like you can make a very very plain meal, and this sauce just like picks it up with a lot of pop. But you can also thin it out with uh, chicken or vegetable broth and make a soup. It makes a great soup, and that's sort of one of my favorite tricks with sauces. Is there are so many that you can thin out to make a soup. That is such a great. That's pretty genius. And sometimes that's just all I want, right? And it's also one of the easiest things to do. So I'm going to go with that one, and then also my uh, all around vegetable sauce. Like I mentioned before, it's a great way to get a wide nutritional profile. And, you know, it's really good for kids if they don't like particular vegetables. You can puree them and stick them in, which is a trick I used a lot when my son was little. Um, Doesn't work on them anymore, though. And uh, it also makes a great soup. And, you know, I recommend vegetables in my recipe, but you can really make a sauce like that with anything you have on hand. So I like to make a a vegetable sauce with... uh, Whatever I find at the farmer's market, that looks great, right? Like um, right now, one of my favorite farmers uh, here in Nova Scotia grew way too many peppers, and it was a great year for peppers. And so he's selling peppers for four for a dollar. I went last week and I bought about 90 peppers, and I spent the whole weekend <laughs> chopping nice. and roasting. Um, and a lot of them are going in a sauce like this, right? But it's great to have something that you can use whatever fresh vegetables you have. And then my third sauce that I would pick is just, you know, a basic cheese sauce. I think everybody should have a cheese sauce that they can whip up whenever they want. Yes, hey. yes, yes.
1: We have a didn't I just feed you um idiom, which is we're we're always like cheese meat. I was just gonna say one, two, three, <laughs>
0: cheese me. Oh, cheese cheese meat. Me.
1: <laughs> So talk us through making a basic cheese sauce, if you don't mind, Elizabeth. Because I Um, think that, like, people feel like, oh, I have to make a roux. What do I do? Oh, uh uh-oh. I was going to say the first thing you do
3: is make a roux. (laughs) Which Um, isn't hard to do, right? So let's walk them through it. It's not hard at all. You just, to make a roux, you use equal parts butter and flour, you know, and just mix them in the pan over a medium-low heat until they're well combined. If you want, you can brown it a little bit. And then you add just milk and grated cheese and whatever, whatever flavors you want and you just keep whisk it until the cheese is completely melted and integrated and boom, there you go. You've got a cheese sauce. The one I really like is a pepper Havarti Ooh. sauce because Havarti is one of my favorite cheeses, but you can do it with cheddar or you know any cheese you want. You can do it with cream cheese if you want. My husband really likes Boursin, so we make a lot of sauces with Boursin in them.
0: That sounds so good. And they're so versatile. The other day I recently made, um, oh, I made a big thing of cheese sauce that I made for nachos one night. And then I took some leftover and tossed it with pasta for another night. And then I had a little bit leftover and I took leftover rotisserie chicken, white beans, and I sauteed them with like a can of green chilies. And then I put the cheese sauce over it and it became mm. like a chicken chili dip. Oh, that sounds for great. like a snack. And the kids were like, oh my God, this is the best thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's just <laughs> the cheese sauce again. But it is such a great like thing just to have that works with anything. Because if you're like us, you think cheese works with anything. Stacey, I love that you brought up this idea
1: of sauces as dips, because I think especially when parents have young kids, they're like, ooh, do I really want to put sauces on something and make it like in a scary to my kids. I don't know. My kids are weird, sometimes weird about sauces. So just that reminder that if you want to make something saucy, you can always leave parts of dinner plain and then serve the sauce on the side as a dip. And for whatever reason, my kids seem to be really into this concept of dip and dip for dinner. It's why we do hummus for dinner. And it's why we do sort of like those chicken chili dips for dinner as well.
3: Oh, you know, my son is the same and uh, he likes to have a little dish on the side. So I I never put sauce right on the food. I let everybody decide how much they want. But he has like a special little dish that he uses for sauces and he uses it for maple syrup if we're having pancakes because he wants to dip each bite and get it just perfect.
0: (laughs) I sort of love that. I want the perfect bite all the time.
3: So so do I.
0: (laughs) Amen to that. Um, Before we sign off, (laughs) I clearly have a thing about making ahead and storing appropriately. But I was just talking with Megan on a recent episode about how I have to get better about like organizing my freezer and making sure that things don't go bad in there. Elizabeth, I know you have thoughts on how to make, how to store sauces in the freezer so they don't get freezer burn, how to suck out all the air because I'm not here at home with one of those like special machines. Can you
3: quickly tell us your method, either your favorite method or your favorite two methods? Oh, I sure can. So I have this whole concept that's uh, in my book about making a sauce library for your freezer. And all you need is a shoebox and a bunch of freezer bags, right? So when you make a batch of sauce, uh, you freeze it in freezer bags. And I like to recommend putting a bag inside a mason jar. Um, And then putting a funnel in the top so you can get the sauce in without making a big mess. It can be a little hard to move a hot sauce into a bag, right? Uh, But the jar and the funnel sort of take care of that. And then you stick a straw into the side of the bag, like close it all up except for where the straw goes in, and suck the air out with the straw. And then zip, close it up, and that uh, takes care of of the air, right? One thing to be sure to do is to label the bag before you put the sauce in because... (laughs) Otherwise, it can get pretty messy. Yes, I can attest to that. But once you've got it in the bag and you're all set, then you can lie it down flat in the freezer. And if you're doing like several bags, you can even put a layer of cardboard between each bag. So uh, then they'll just be, they'll freeze nice and flat, right? And then once they're frozen, you can stand them up a shoebox and make little dividers and label them and just make, yeah, it's like a, almost like a card catalog of sauces.
0: It's so smart. And I just want to make sure that people grab your book because you gave even more detail on this process with pictures and everything. It's so helpful.
1: The shoebox blows my mind. I'm like, oh, that's such a great idea and simple. Yeah. Everyone has one.
3: I made one that I take around when I um, do presentations of the book and it's called The brewery and people just love it. <laughs> so you, know, you can find a cute shoebox if you want, but anyone will work.
1: And Maya, can you tell us where everyone can find your sauces?
2: Oh, sure. They're available at Whole Foods and um, a lot of most Target stores as well. Um, and we're also uh, selling our sauces at Costco.
1: Awesome. And do you sell at, online at Thrive Market as well? And we sell it through Thrive as well. Yes. Stacey's recently been um, shopping at Thrive Market. They're not a sponsor. It's so funny because we keep talking about them. Um, But so I've been looking. I looked and saw that your sauces were there.
2: Yeah, I know. It's nice. I'm happy that we're through. For anyone Mm -hmm. can order sauces. And Maya, I have to say, (laughs) I really miss
0: you had these chickpea chips oh
2: if you have surplus did. that you're
0: done with i'm i <laughs> offline i will give you my address or maybe we're close i'll drive to you oh my we god we were obsessed and i get how it goes as you grow a brand you got to focus in you know go yeah. with what works
2: well, I hope we we revisit snacks at some point because I really enjoyed doing them as well. And you're part of an outcry. I've Great. heard you. <laughs>
0: Just needed to register I'll, that I can officially do. on okay. air. <laughs>
1: thank you. I'm glad you did that. Now, all the Didn't I Just Feed you listeners are going to be coming after Maya asking about these chickpea <laughs> <meat> snacks. I see. And Megan, sometimes you got to do what you need to do to get what you want. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both for being on the line with us today. Thank oh, thanks so much for having it's a pleasure. us. Okay, Stacey, we played this fun game with Maya and Elizabeth where we asked them for their top three sauces. I want to know what your top three sauces
0: are. Okay, well, I actually have five. Okay. I'm a big nerd and I always got to switch it up. But
1: no, there's a reason. You're just this always time. being extra. That's I how am always I being extra. Describe
0: Stacy Billis, always <laughs> extra. It's because I in my cookbook that's coming out in spring, I actually have a pull-out section called five all-purpose sauces for dipping, dressing, and drizzling. Like it's there, guys. So, I'm not going to link to the recipes now. You're going to have to wait for the book to come out. <laughs> Um, I make all manner of tzatziki. And when I say all manner of, I just mean that I'm constantly shortcutting it. So sometimes I'm adding shredded cucumber that I just run on like a big microplane. Sometimes I skip the cucumber and it's just dill and lemon juice and olive oil and garlic. But some form of those ingredients with Greek yogurt is one of my favorites. Chimichurri, which also Maya mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. That's a really big one. This one's a little bit more work intensive, but it's so simple and easy. A Lebanese garlic sauce.
1: Oh, wow. It's.
0: I've never really heard of that. So oh, can you have tell you us ever- more? Yeah. Like, have you ever had Lebanese style shawarma that yes. has that white, really pungent garlic sauce? Yes. Okay. It's just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's literally a ton of garlic cloves, a little bit of lemon juice, and a little bit of oil. And you blend it until you get something that's almost the consistency of mayonnaise. So it's just a bit of a process in how you do that so that it comes. But so out delicious. Correctly. And I bet it keeps well. So you yes. can make it a big batch. And, and it's so it. strong that you really only need a little bit. Okay. I tend to make this like I call it a zingy roasted red pepper sauce. Zingy. I love it. Zingy. And like, again, that's another one. Sometimes I use shallots, sometimes I use garlic, sometimes I use both, sometimes I add walnuts, but it's basically just red peppers, olive oil, red wine vinegar, salt, and then, you know, like I said, the herbs, the onion. And what I love about that sauce is that it's almost like it looks like ketchup. You're not going to ever get it unless you have like a super high speed blender and you take the time. It's never going to get smooth like ketchup. But I feel like you can present it that way to kids who aren't intensely picky, but maybe a little bit, like if they're willing to kind of be more adventurous with their textures or change it up, Um, you can thin it and toss it with pasta. You can keep it thick and serve it with meat. It's just very versatile. And I always love a good peanut sauce. I feel like you can do anything with peanut sauce. I really think people think that they can't. They're like, oh, it's just for noodles. So give us some examples of how you would use peanut sauce outside of noodles. I often marinate chunks of steak or pork or chicken Mm -hmm. and do like, you know, I'll call it satay. I don't know that. Yeah, it's like a little bit of an Americanized like weeknight dinner version, Um, but it makes a really good marinade. It's a really good dipping sauce for vegetables or like if you make a roast chicken and you just feel like it's really plain, you can use it that way. Definitely on noodles is our favorite way. If you're making like a Thai or Asian, Pan-Asian style burger, you can mix it in with ground turkey or chicken. And that just gives like, it quickly flavors your burgers. And actually, I think people don't talk about that enough, like using sauce to and shortcut stuff. flavor. Yeah. Yes. Especially with ground chicken and turkey. Yes. Which also need that fat that
1: most yeah. sauces have
0: too. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. How do you use peanut sauce? Do you cook with
1: it a lot? I think you mentioned the a couple of the ways that we use it, like putting it into burger patties yeah. as one, well, And doing it on ch- chicken specifically for grilling, like using it as a marinade and then grilling it and then also serving not the, the sauce that we marinated in, but the extra sauce yep. on top of it. We also do this very, again, weeknight dinner hacky where we like take ground pork or ground chicken and brown it with like saute it with um, some peanut sauce and like garlic and ginger. And then we put it in a tortilla with like a really quick broccoli slaw, like shredded, the shredded kind. And then serve the sauce on top of it. So it's sort of like a peanut bowl taco. Does yeah. That even makes sense. Totally. Um, there was something else that made me think of that we also do. Oh, lettuce wraps all oh, the yes. time. That's yes. one of my husband's favorite meals, and I forget to make it very often, but my kids love peanut sauce for dipping lettuce wraps or spring rolls in, which is just, again, that that idea of, like, using them for veggies because that's primarily what a lettuce wrap or even a spring roll has in it
0: is Vegetables and then you're flavoring it with the peanut sauce. Yeah, and just to quickly saute ground turkey or chicken literally takes four minutes. Yeah. You know, you put a little oil in a hot pan. You don't even have to get fancy and chop a clove of garlic. <laughs> Although if yeah. you have an extra three minutes, do that. Because or the sauce? Round. Yeah. Yeah. The sauce will take care of adding the flavor. You just like salt and pepper. Put that in a lettuce cup with peanut sauce and some veggies and you're golden. Golden. Gilden. All right. What are your favorite sauces? Okay. This
1: is hard because I was like, I want to not have the same as everyone else.
0: <laughs> I know. But we've mentioned a lot of the main ones.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to just co-sign chimichurri. Yeah. Which if you've never had or made chimichurri, it's sort of, like, sort of like a pesto, but like a lot more flavorful and less complex like you don't have to put nuts in it, you don't have to put cheese in it, so it's very allergy friendly. I think I have one uh, a recipe for it on kitchen too that we can share. Romesco sauce Ooh, is another favorite it. which is like has you guys, it's freaking bread sauce. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's mostly roasted red peppers, but you do put like some breadcrumbs or steel bread in it to thicken it. And it's very beautiful and very flavorful. This is like very southern of me, but white sauce is a type of barbecue sauce that people don't mention enough.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about white sauce?
1: I want to. Okay. I (laughs) want you to talk to
0: me about it. I have only tried it two times and I did not. Love it. Okay, that's okay. That really is okay. Like, <laughs> I, feel I like take no not offense are
1: okay. like, I feel yeah. like
0: sad for you that you've only had okay. A Tell so, me what's in a basic white sauce because I could have also had a bad one. That's the
1: thing is everyone makes their white sauce differently, and when you have a good white sauce, it's kind of life changing. It's like most of them have a base of mayonnaise and then some sort of acid like vinegar, like apple cider vinegar. Or a lot of times pickle juice, which I think is really good. And then herbs and spices. So some people use whole, like use garlic cloves. Some people use garlic powder. Um, Definitely some smoked paprikas in there. Definitely some cayenne or some kind of chili peppers in there. Some people sweeten their white sauce with a little bit of white sugar. I feel like the one I had was too sweet. That's the thing. I don't like a sweet white sauce. A white sauce should be very, like, acidic. And the tiniest bit sweet. And usually if you're starting with a base of mayonnaise, you don't need to add any other sweetener to it to get that flavor. Yeah, because
0: mayonnaise is a little sweet already.
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually, like a lot of packaged mayonnaise have sugar in them that acts as a preservative and also just like balances the flavor. So I cannot find white sauce in... Idaho everywhere here in Idaho
0: serves fry sauce which is like wants to be oh is fry sauce basically is it like big mac sauce or is it like ketchup yeah, and mayonnaise of, yeah kind,
1: people who are fry sauce like real fry sauce buffs would be like no it's not it's yeah. not like big mac sauce but it kind of is it's like mayonnaise and ketchup a little bit of pickle juice yeah. and like some dry some herbs uh not dried herbs but dried spices It's good. I'm, I'm into fry sauce for fries, but I don't feel like it's as versatile as a white sauce is like a white sauce. You could use a lot of the ways we talk about using a peanut sauce and it has more of like an acidity to it than peanut sauce. It's so good on barbecue or anything grilled. It's great as a base for making a salad dressing. It's just really good. Okay. I love it on sweet potatoes. My favorite barbecue place in Georgia does smoked sweet potatoes and having a smoked sweet potato with collard greens and fry sauce is making me a little, the idea of it is making me a little emotional right now. like,
0: take me back. (laughs) I want to eat that. You do make it sound delicious. So I'm going to give it another try.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll go because we're, spoiler, going to be together in Atlanta again. Maybe we'll go to my favorite barbecue place and have that. Okay, we're totally doing that. I think it would be really fun. Okay, great. I also just want to shout out vinaigrettes as a sauce because I think people think like a sauce has to be like hummus or pesto or romesco, like something very complex. And like a vinaigrette is a marinade and a salad dressing and also can absolutely be a sauce. You know our house dressing is a maple mustard version where we use like Dijon mustard, maple syrup for sweetening, always apple cider vinegar, and then olive oil. And there's garlic or shallot, depending on what's in, in our kitchen at the time. A little bit of salt, a little bit, bit of black pepper, and that's kind of it. And so you could take the basic of a, of a vinaigrette, the basic ratio, and use flavors that your family really likes and get super creative and just have like one vinaigrette that, that you can use a million different ways in a week.
0: Um, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I'm going to go even one step further outside of the door. Of norm. course you are, Billis. Of course you are. <laughs> extra. Always extra. It, oh, isn't that actually? Did we have copyright infringement? It sounded like that entertainment
3: show that oh, I yeah. learned. Shh, okay. Sh-
0: sh- sh- um, <laughs> I'm going to give a little shout out to Compound Butter, which oh. is not a sauce. But I think that why this topic is so interesting for our listeners and for us is because sauces can be very quick and easy to make, you can make them ahead and then they have a huge impact on flavor without any extra cooking really required. So you can like buy a rotisserie chicken from the store and like add the sauce. And compound butters are a little bit different because you will use them for cooking, but they are basically butter that is softened and then mashed with you know the classic french version has shallots um sometimes a little bit of lemon zest it's really simple but you can pretty much put anything you can do lemon capers and dill you can do raw or cooked shallots dijon mustard and tarragon you could do garlic parmesan and black pepper but you just mash a few of these kinds of ingredients into the butter and then roll it up and in parchment paper. So you have kind of a log shape and then put it back in the fridge so that you can slice it off and use it as you would a regular stick of butter when you're cooking, when you're dressing a raw chicken that you want to roast yourself. But it's just one of those quick, easy, make it ahead, high impact on your cooking when you use it down the line.
1: I also want to shout out you can like throw it on a sheet pan of roasted veggies when you pull them out of the oven and then top like yeah. as that compound butter melts, like toss that, toss it um with the vegetables. I'm also really glad you you took the time out to talk about, like, oh, I make this ahead, I put it in the fridge, and then here's how I use it. Because I do think that's one thing we didn't talk enough about with Elizabeth and Maya. And Elizabeth has like a whole s- a whole component of her book is like, you're making these sauces ahead. So I think we should talk about that that a little bit. Here's when I make sauces. When I'm doing meal prep, I make big batches of things. So one week I might make a big batch of that vinaigrette. And then I, like that will last a really long time in my fridge. I don't feel like I need to worry about freezing it. But then the next week I'm not making that vinaigrette again. I'm making like a big batch of chimichurri and I'm freezing some of that. So like if you did that, even for like a month, Every time you meal prepped, you made one big batch sauce and then you preserved it somehow, either by freezing it or just knowing that it's safe in the fridge, like most vinaigrettes are. Then over the, like, the next month, you could pull from those sauces here and there and change up your basic like weeknight chicken and
0: veggies without having to do extra work on those nights. Totally. And Does that sound like what you do also, Stacey? Yeah. I was going to say that I do that sometimes, but when I'm not in meal prep mode, I'll like go to the kitchen at 5.30 and be like, oh, I'm going to make peanut noodles tonight. And in that moment, I will double the recipe for the peanut mm. sauce. Intentionally leftovers. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Immediately pour half into a Ziploc, use half, and then... I'll either pop it in the freezer or even just keep some sauces will last a week. I'll put it in the fridge and just make sure chicken satay or peanut noodles or whatever are on the meal plan again next week.
1: Also, if it isn't abundantly clear, part of the reason we had Maya on is because she makes a great sauce that we really love. And we we want you to buy sauces too. Like we have zero expectation that you are making sauces every week or every weeknight. We think that one of the best things about our, our very privileged food is that we can buy things like pesto from our farmer's market. Or we can buy things like Maya Kamal sauces and keep them in our pantry for when we don't have time for that. So I think this is a good segue out of the episode, but also we should start a thread in our listeners group about everyone's favorite store-bought sauces because I'm always looking for new ones. Me Um, too. And
0: I feel like Maya was really like... A, you know, she like charged a new path in the consumer product market space, and now there are tons of all natural simmer sauces that yes. are really great. Yes. So I want to hear what people are buying for sure. For sure. So to do that,
1: find, find
0: us
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're a mess today. Listen, I'm gonna. I'll you will go. You go.
0: So to do that. Find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook where you can also join that private listeners group that we've been talking about. When you try to join, you will be prompted with a question and the answer is whiskey or painkiller or just say, I love you guys and we'll let you in.
1: I love someone this week was like, I know the secret answer is whiskey, but you guys, that isn't a cocktail. You know, listen. And then she was like, but this is my favorite cocktail. And I was like, Listen, I'm happy to be with you. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Listen, Linda, we love you anyway. We love you anyway. You love us anyway. (laughs) We all have our things. It's all love, you (laughs) guys. If you love us, please subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave us a review on iTunes. We really love each and every review, and it makes a big difference for new people
0: finding the show and deciding to subscribe. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy Enns, Newlywed Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Stacy,
1: And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed. Until next week.
2: Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. Or leave us a review.